Good evening. Today is Monday, November 6th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapters are the prefaces, the forewords, and the stories. And our speaker tonight is Meredith B. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for your service. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, I'm Meredith B. I'm recovered and recovering um, in Nashville, Tennessee. So I need to say the third step prayer right now. <laughs> God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May do thy will always. Amen. Oh, I have to say that because this is what um, taking away my difficulties looks like right now. I um, have a diagnosis of ADHD and so a lot of a lot of gifts come with that. And one of them is time blindness, um, not being able to discern urgent from uh, an emergency, like important from urgent and, and all of that. And so I've known for months that I was going to be speaking tonight. But do you think that I started preparing months ago? I did not. Um, I started this weekend. I was listening to the stories on an awesome app, AA app and highlighting in my book what I wanted to focus on. And um, but still this morning when I was leaving for work, I was nowhere near ready. So I grabbed my big book and I thought I'll work on this at lunch. And I did. And I put it in my keyboard tray under my desk. And I thought, as soon as I put it there, I said, you're going to leave that there, Meredith. Um, so I wrote myself a note with a big red Sharpie, <laughs> big book. Don't forget it. Cause that's where all my highlights are. And, uh, two people came to me at the end of the day, you know, where I'm going with this. I left my big book at work with all of my highlights in it. Um, so, but the removing the difficulties part for me looks like this. Now, a few years ago, I would have probably called the leader of the meeting and said, I can't do it. I, you know, there's no way. Um, but I mean, I had a moment of, uh, and maybe can I, Nope, I can't. There, there's no way I can go back and get it. Um, oh, well, what what are you going to what's next, God? Like, what's the solution? There's a solution for this. And um, so he removed the difficulty for me. Um, and part of that is that I'm talking to you all. I mean, what are you going to do? Kick me out? <laughs> no, I know you're not going to kick me out. So you're going to get what you're going to get. Also, 
more, I think it was the last time I spoke on this meeting. It was like, I cried the whole time because I was so afraid because I was winging it much like I am tonight. <laughs> and look at me laughing about it now. <laughs> um, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, I'll qualify a little bit and say, um, I came in to OA in 2011, um, in and out for over that, that amount of time up until, um, 20, actually new year. Well, let's see at the end of 2019. And, um, I decided to come back in like with gusto, uh, new year's day, 2020. And I got a sponsor on a phone meeting and, um, Mm, I wouldn't say we started to work the steps, but um, it just kind of fizzled out. And um, let's see. Yeah. I I was meeting, you know, in my local groups and on Zoom local, um, there's the people I'd been in and out of the rooms with for over a decade. Yet, I found myself in relapse again uh, last spring, um, uh, April 2022, and it was really a God thing. Um, he told me to get to an in-person meeting, and it, I used to go be a regular at this meeting in person. It had, um, I would go on Zoom. It, I knew it, it had become hybrid, so... I went there and I met, or well, yeah, I guess I met her. There was a newcomer there who I'd never seen before, who I wouldn't have had the chance to get her number if I was on Zoom that night. And she was on fire. Um, so we spoke the next day and she told me what she was doing with her hardcore sponsor in New Jersey. And um, anyway, she directed me to, um, this workshop type meeting that was just really helpful. And um, I, I just was finally done. I was done. Um, I think that for 11 or 12 years, I just was holding out thinking, you know, this time it's going to be different or this is a new way to do this thing. I'll try it this way, but it was always me trying it, me, my idea that, you know, of how I'm going to succeed this time. And I was whipped. I just, um, I was fresh out of ideas. So I got a sponsor who I was willing to just do whatever she said. And she, I needed a kick in the pants and she gave me a kick in the pants. Um, I was right at the beginning when I started working with her. Well, I should be paying attention to time, but I'm not. Oh, well. Um, I had a trip planned already to New York, where I'm from. And um, <laughs> I went with my teenage son. And we went to a couple of Yankees games. And I packed abstinent meals to two Yankees games. And I just thought I never would have 
in, imagine doing this in my wildest dreams. I would never do it, but I was, I mean, I was in it and God just met me at every turn. I was, it was so serious this time. I just knew there was something in me that knew this was it, do or die. I had to do it this time. And, you know, I say, I, I don't even think I realized the extent the extent like that this is a hundred percent a spiritual program, but I think that like God was bridging the gap for me until I could get there. Um, so anyway, I, I guess I don't want to spend all my time talking about me. Um, so I love that even though it's hell for me to try to get this together and talk at a meeting, it really is a gift to get back in this book and see everything that's in there. Um, and, and every time I look, it's from a new perspective because I've talked to more people. I have, um, I've gained perspective from you all. Um, I've lived a little more life and I can see things differently. So even um, in the preface, it says on, on XII, if you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me or more important. Yes, I felt like that or most important. Yes, I believe this program can work for me, too. Um and that really hit home for me while reading these stories about the selfishness and the self-centeredness that was running through all of these stories in the beginning. Um, and that everyone was turned around by the fellowship, which is really the love of God. Um, and it also struck me that, Ten minutes. okay, thank you. Oof. Um, if the power of God wouldn't work in isolation, that it can only be experienced um, through others who God created. I just believe that God created us to live in community and that the sickness is what happens when we're, well, when we're in isolation. Um, I'm just gonna, I, I did get a few highlights down before everything went to hell. Um, in Dr. Bob's nightmare, my whole life seemed to be centered around doing what I wanted to do without regard for the rights, wishes, or privileges of anyone else, a state of mind, which became more and more predominant as the years passed. And then, and I just thought as I became more entrenched in my ways. There was less of a chance that I was open to seeing another approach to life. Um, and I just, I thought of, about strangling, um, choking and strangling. Um, in the definition, it says to hinder the development or activity of, to, um, well, the literal meaning is to, to constrict the neck and cause death, but 
it didn't, I mean, it was, that was figuratively what was happening to me. Um, the question which, this is on page 180, the question which might naturally come into your mind would be, what did the man do or say that was different from what others had done or said? It must be remembered that I had read a great deal and talked to everyone who knew or thought they knew anything about the subject of alcoholism. But this was a man who had experienced many years of frightful drinking, who had had most all the drunkard's experiences known to man, but who had been cured by the very means I had been trying to employ. That is to say the spiritual approach. He gave me the information about the subject of alcoholism, which was undoubtedly helpful, uh, telling him that he was, this was a disease. He was allergic to alcohol and he had an obsession of the mind that once he took a drink, he, he could, he wouldn't be able to stop. Of far more importance was the fact that he was the first living human with whom I had ever talked who knew what he was talking about in regard to alcoholism from actual experience. In other words, he talked my language. He knew all the answers and certainly not because he had picked them up in his reading. Um, hello, this is what made me know that I belonged here even when I went away. Um, and somebody expressed, I mean, it's expressed in meetings all the time, but that when we walked into our first meetings or showed up in a Zoom room, um, we just knew. I, I didn't even, I didn't understand what the heck was going on in my first OA meeting. I didn't, I heard them read the script and the, how the meeting should go and no crosstalk. And I didn't know what any of that meant, but I still knew that that's where I belonged. Um, then let's see, on 181 still in Dr. Bob's nightmare. Um, if you still think you're strong enough to beat the game alone, that is your affair. But if you really and truly want to quit drinking liquor for good and all and sincerely feel that you must have some help, we know that we have an answer for you. It never fails if you go about it with one half the zeal you have been in the habit of showing when you are getting another drink. Um, yes. Okay. In uh, Alcoholic Anonymous number three, page 184. Uh, on June 26, 1935, I came to in the hospital and to say I was discouraged it was to, is to put it mildly. Each of the seven times that I had left this hospital in the last six months, I had come out fully determined in my own mind that I would not get drunk again for at least six or eight months. It hadn't worked out that way and I didn't know what the matter was, and I did not know what to do. Um, reminds me of an, another fellow that says desire for us is not enough. I mean, ugh, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, if, if desire was enough for me to be able to stop eating, I would not be in, in this meeting, I wouldn't be spending my life <laughs> studying this book and meeting with you all hours upon hours. 
um, which has now become my greatest joy. It's, oof, I cannot imagine. I just, I can't imagine. And if I think about how things are now, even compared to a year and three, three months ago, um, I mean, it was, it was hard in the beginning. I've talked about packing abstinent meals to Yankees game um, and chopping vegetables and food prepping and fitting in meetings and homework assignments and doing all the things and wondering how in the world I was going to do it all. But now I look up, I'm doing it. I mean, it is in no it's nowhere near perfect but another fellow says I don't even know what perfect looks like so I guess it's perfect for me um and that is like you know I I don't know I grew up thinking I had to be perfect of course and to earn love um and it takes a long time to I guess untangle that or, or get rewired or, you know, transformed to, to realize that I'm safe. Um, but the longer, um, the, the more time I spend amongst you, it, it proves it to me over and over. Like I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I always have a place to go. Gosh, am I going (laughs) to, you know, I can't do this without crying. So, okay. What else? What other little nuggets? Okay. Uh, Before very long, we began to relate to some incidents of drinking. And pretty soon I realized that both of them knew what they were talking about because you can see things and smell things when you're drunk that you can't other times. If I, if I had thought they didn't know what they were talking about, I would I wouldn't have been willing to talk to them at all. And isn't that just the way? I mean, you can't, I don't know. I've never heard any to, okay, thank you, counselors. I've never heard anybody in one of these meetings like trying to get in here, like pretending to be a compulsive overeater. Why in the world would you do that? So I know you're bona fide. Every person in here is, you're good. And I know you understand my language and, and I understand you. And wow, that, I mean, that is so beautiful. Um, and just reading these stories, I mean, these guys, the pioneers and women too, among them, I'm just, I don't even know where to start with that. I'm so grateful that they, I don't know, for such a time as as it was, um, developed this program that I wonder what they would think about us today. It's just, it's wild. Um, I don't know how I'm going to end. I, I feel like... Um, I started thinking I'm not going to have enough to talk about, but, and and to think that I wanted to 
to grab something from each of these stories <laughs> in the beginning. Oh, maybe I'll just say this though. On um on 256, and I've been um thinking about this for years. And it's so simple. Um it's in the man who mastered fear. And uh, he says, have I ever wanted a drink during these years? Only once did I suffer from a nearly overpowering compulsion to take a drink. Oddly enough, the circumstances and surroundings were pleasant. I was at a beautifully set dinner table. That's time. Oh, okay. I'll just finish this and then we'll be done. Um, I was in a perfectly happy frame of mind. I had been in AA a year and the last thing in my mind was a drink. There was a glass of sherry at my place. I was seized with an almost uncontrollable desire to reach out for it. And here it is. I shut my eyes and asked for help. In 15 seconds or less, the feeling passed. There have also been numerous times when I've thought about taking a drink. Um, such thinking usually begin with thoughts of the pleasant um, I can't even see through my tears, you guys, but that was my point. I'm, I'm, I'm going to end it there. Just that all I have to do, um, if I can't reach one of you or in the meantime, or I just need to ask for help and it's always there. Okay. I'll pass. Oh, beautiful Meredith. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, we are now gonna open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. And if you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And, um, and then I'll call on the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes. Um, thank you, Constance, great job you're doing. Um, set that for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Um, the first one I see is Claudine. Hi, I'm Claudine, compulsive eater, recovered compulsive eater in Nashville. Meredith, that was so beautiful. And you can't, there's no indication that you weren't 100% prepared, which is so amazing. <laughs> I mean, if you hadn't said something, I, there's no way I would have known it. But I, you know, I, I loved everything that you read. And, you know, one thing, many things jumped out to me, but when you talked about, you know, if we had, I can't remember the right wording, but pursued recovery with as much zeal as we did a drink. Um, I just think about all the times I would say, I don't have time for this. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how to organize everything and buy all this food and cook it and call these people. And, you know, it was just take one fellow saying, well, how much time did you put in binging? How much? And it, it took most of my life. I mean, it took some serious effort to be that sick. And so it's just such a perspective thing. And the other thing is, oh my gosh, 
You're the most tenderhearted person I know, truly. And when you said, I wonder what the founders would think, they would not be able to see through their tears, Meredith. They would be overcome with so much joy over what God has done in millions of lives that they wouldn't be able to finish reading what they were reading. So I love, I know you don't, but I love how easily you dissolve into tears because it's just brokenhearted joy. And I I just think it's beautiful. So excellent share tonight. Thanks, Claudine. Next up is Penny. Hi, everybody. I'm Penny, over reader in uh, Chicago. Oh, Meredith, wait, I just switched my screen so I can see you. There you are. Um, I just love you. Um, I, <laughs> I, when I talk to you and whenever I hear you speak, you have just the most calm, recovered, loving voice. Um, and it just, your recovery just comes through in your voice. Um, you know, when you said the fellowship is the love of God, like, amen to that. Like that is, that is what I hear whenever people speak to me or whenever I call somebody or make a phone call or, you know, just to have that connection with other people in this fellowship, you know, that is, that is God, you know, speaking through everybody in these rooms. And, you know, um, when you said God created us to live in community. Yeah, because I know when I was in the food, it was all about the isolation. And and I could be in, in, in a room full of my family and I was still isolated. And um, people in these rooms and people in this program, they showed me what community is about. And, and, and it is about, you know, the love of God, like you said, I love that. Um, I too, when I went to my first meeting many, many, many years ago, um, I bawled my eyes out and, and, and I bawled my eyes out out of fear. But a part of the reason I bawled my eyes out was because like you said, like I knew, I knew, uh, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, but I knew I belonged there. Like you said, like I could just feel it. And, uh, it was, it was just so scary yet comforting. And, um, I don't know. I just loved everything you had to say. I just, uh, ah, you're one of my faves. Thanks. <laughs> Leslie K is up next, followed by Amy L. Hi, thank you so much. Um, Okay, well, Meredith, God, I, <clears throat> I had the, the incredible gift of being in your living room with you for uh, an afternoon uh, last month, just before I got RSV from the grandchildren, by the way. And uh, I've been sick as a dog, but um, getting better. And the point that I want to make is we sat in silence with each other as if we were old friends. And that is maybe a byproduct of the deep um, sense of belonging that people like you create in meetings like this. There's such a deep sense of belonging that 
you could feel the first meeting you went to that I felt the first meeting I went to. And I didn't understand the language and I didn't understand the literature, but there was something about this experience that I knew was home for me. And sitting in your living room, I felt that way with you. Um, I'm just so glad you shared and that you didn't have um, so much ego that you would say, I can't do it without my cliff notes. You know, it's like, you know, we, this program knocks us down to size. You know, it just, the, the cliff notes are gone. You know, the makeup is off, you know, the, the stuff that happens to us in these rooms that we share with each other is not always pretty, but it is always God-centered. I don't understand it, but I know it for sure. And you are one of those special people to me. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Leslie. Amy's up next, followed by Brenda. Hey everyone, I'm Amy in California, grateful compulsive eater. And where is Meredith? Meredith, I'll just join the love fest because I so, I appreciate your strength, your humility and your vulnerability that just, you just, um, it just breathes out of you in every single meeting. It's just something, I think you use the word, you know, tenderhearted, that to me that is something precious when people share that. And for my heart, I feel very safe. And it made me remember back when I came back into the rooms long ago, and I saw a woman who was sharing very vulnerably. She was crying that her her 20-year-old daughter wasn't speaking to her and that she was in pain. And then she also shared she hasn't had bread for 10 years, bread and sugar. And she, you know, she's living through this without food. That just blew my world. That was like when I saw her, I walked over to her and I asked her if she would be my sponsor. This was like, I don't know, um, 18 years ago because I need to feel there's a place for me in these rooms. And I have, I have a tender heart as many of us do and I cry easily. And, you know, I love that you Meredith shared in the preface, yes, his hope is that you will read this and say, yes, that happened to me. Yes, I felt like that. Yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And that's the miracle that we have to identify in. And I think the founders knew that and they put these stories in the back. And if you read about it, you know, they kept expanding. They kept wanting to be as inclusive as possible. So it didn't matter race, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, gender, whatever, it didn't matter. We're human beings or we're spiritual beings having a human experience. 
And I'm so grateful. And I'm thank you so much for just, you know, of course, there's not time to do all the stories, but you did an amazing job just touching on some of them. And I used to go to a meeting where we just read the stories. And again, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. You'll see lines from the first 164 pages that came from those stories. So anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brenda's up next, followed by Amy B. Hi, family. And Meredith, thank you for letting me be part of it. I mean, part of, um, you know, when, when I hear about spirituality, and I was not one of those people who went to my first meeting and was knew that I was home. I went to meetings for around nine months. I could have given birth to myself, and I did not. And um, I just couldn't connect because I I just thought like, yeah, I've got this, God. You're really busy with world events, so why do I have to turn anything over? And it's in all the conversations that we've had and I've had with so many fellows, uh, the key is I used to think it was all the common denominator was that we all had the same illness. And what I know today, it may have started there, but the solution is what we have in common. And I love the fact that we share that. And whether um, I, too, I had a horrific year of being in and out of relapse. I recovered, I think, seven times in one year. And um, but talking to you was okay. I never, ever... Coming into these meetings, I never feel judged. I feel the love. I feel the understanding. And I am grateful for you, Meredith. I am grateful to everyone I encounter because wherever I go, I feel at home when I'm with fellow OA people. So thank you. Thank you so much. Have a serene evening. Thank you, Brenda. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. With the Zoom host, please stop the recording.